would you really tell your daughter, really your 12-year-old daughter, like, hey, here's what you should do. You should have a body count of 73 and then settle down. Like, I don't, like, if you think about it from that perspective, it gets harder, right? And part of the problem is if you have a high body count and you have a kid. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is mostly in good faith, but often controversial. On today's show, we're going to expand upon our conversations from last week about entrapping pedophiles and saving oh, used condoms. Uh, we're going to talk about body counts, some blowjob tips, and more. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Mike, are you still upset about the response to our TikTok? I am. Um, no, I'm not really upset, but uh-huh. uh, I made a... So we have a TikTok account. It's YMMVPod on TikTok. We have... Now we have like 800 followers right now, so not terrible. And yeah. we've had a few few TikToks do pretty well. I, I could yeah. imagine us get, we've gotten enough views that I could see us getting one that got a million views at some point, which would be yeah, cool. Yeah, we've got something over 100,000 total views, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, and it's very variable. Like sometimes we have things that get tens of thousands, sometimes like 300. <clears throat> yeah. It depends on various things. Anyway, I posted one based on last year's, last week's rather episode about uh, <laughs> To Catch a Predator, where I sort of spliced together and, you know, we were just discussing it and saying, I was saying, hey, the, to reprise the argument a little bit here, uh, I said that I thought they should have a 19-year-old as well as a 15-year-old decoy so that you could sort of f- identify the guys that pick the yeah. 15-year-old over the 19-year-old because then Maybe, that, I, I felt like that would be a, go ahead. Yeah. Just for our listeners, let me uh, give the premise a bit more here. Okay. There's a television show called To Catch a Predator. They use fake... 15-year-old girls or 14, whatever, in chat rooms, and then they try to get a man to come to a house, usually. And then when the man comes, they reveal that they're on a TV show, and this guy comes out and you know tells them that he's in big trouble. And Mike's argument was that this is creating sort of a false dichotomy, because what if they had the opportunity to go over to a 19-year-old girl's house. Uh, It could just be that he's lonely and the only person that's showing him any attention is a 15-year-old. And so it's not that they're underage that he's attracted to. It's that it's just someone that he's attracted to. And so- Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so in order to establish whether this person is truly a pedophile or just lonely, (laughs) you need to give them a a choice between a a young person and an older person. And otherwise, it's sort of an unfair premise. So let me say a couple of things. First of all, uh, I did after <clears throat> getting, well, we can talk about what happened with the TikTok video in a bit, but basically there were a lot of people that didn't like. <laughs> you defending discuss- pedophiles. That's what, that's how they characterized it. Yes. Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. After seeing, after seeing that I did some research about to catch a predator. And in fact, this is, was rather a, a big issue with the show that they had a lot of situations where they were unable to prosecute the people. Oh, they worked with a nonprofit that supplied the uh, sort of chats, uh, the, the, the decoys and so forth. And that nonprofit had a lot of issues with this and has since been disbanded. Okay, uh, There are still groups of people doing this, but it's tricky because a lot of the, uh, the, the, the prosecutions get thrown out for entrapment because it is, it's problematic. Now, I want to say one other thing, which is people all say, you can say, hey, if somebody goes and meets a 15-year-old, that's pedophilia. That's a problem, right? That's illegal. Yeah, I agree. It's illegal and you can go after the person. But I do think, and, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the person you know, having the book thrown, thrown on them. I don't actually care. But 
if the goal is to protect people from potential predators, the goal shouldn't just be to like get people to commit crimes. You know, right. I can get lots of people to commit crimes and, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm admitting their crimes. I'm not saying leave them alone, they're crimes. The, the goal should be to find the people that absent this TV show might have committed the crime. Yeah. Right. And that was sort of my point. It's like if you you're you're trying to have a narrower lens to get the guy who's going to pick the 15 year old over the 19 year old, because that's yeah. more I think that's really worrisome. They're both worrisome, but that's really worrisome. This analogy might be a little high minded for this show, but <laughs> didn't the CIA get in trouble for this? They were entrapping terrorists by basically going into various forums across the Internet and spending months trying to radicalize them and convince them to join some there sort of terrorist plot. And then when they eventually agree to join the plot, then the, you know, the CIA or FBI shows up and arrests them. And the problem here is, yeah, like if you spend, you know, months and months and months having really sophisticated people trying to convince young men to become terrorists, like, sure, you may be able to do so. But yeah, are you making the world a better place by by getting these That's guys? The like, what yes. if you would have spent that time trying to help young men who may be, you know, uh, at risk of being radicalized, you know, maybe right. you could do a better net positive by, you know, employing a different strategy. Right. So the goal is not to uh, take the side of a pedophile or a terrorist or the like. Uh -huh. People make, by the way, people make the same argument about January 6th. They say, you know, there were people inciting maybe government agents, whatever, inciting the people. Look, you know, uh, that if you point that out, it doesn't mean you're saying what happened to the Capitol was okay. You're just saying the same argument you made. Like it's under, it's important or useful to understand, uh, the extent to which these people were goaded on. Sure. Be because you want to understand what the base rate of this is. And like, you're trying to make the world a better place, not just like, get people to commit crimes and then arrest them. Right. And Although, then punitively go after them. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you've, once you've radicalized someone and they become a terrorist, I, you do have to arrest them just like these guys. If look, if you show up at a 15 year old girl's house to have sex, yeah, you need to go to jail. <laughs> I, I agree. It's yeah, just, I think we're like, all on the same page there. Yeah. So, Although yeah. the people in these comments of our TikTok did not seem to think that that's what we thought. Yeah. But um, I have some theories on that. Um, yeah. I mean, essentially, essentially the people, yeah, I mean, I think I think we've said basically what the the overall argument was. There were maybe thirty people that jumped in and all said very similar things. Basically, hey, uh, you know, you, this uh, you don't defend pedophiles. You know, this guy's defending pedophiles. You shouldn't have posted this <laughs> stuff like that. And actually, like slightly getting the re I took the video down, and the reason why was because like they were starting to cross the line. Uh, I told a friend this, like, uh, it's the first time I've experienced this, like that I, I know people encounter like on Twitter and so forth, where it was starting to get threatening. And I thought, right. well, I don't, Are they I don't want somebody to like, or whatever, or whatever, like docs, I'm not as worried about, but I don't want them to show up in my house with like a gun. I don't want, you right. know, I don't want some crazy behavior to happen. And so, you know, and so to the extent that was their goal, it worked, right? I mean, it's sort of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Those comments were kind of frustrating. I, yeah. You called it brigading. I don't know. I mean. I called it brigading because I think these people, I don't, what I suspect happened was, okay, there's another thing, which is that I, these people are not listeners to the show. I actually don't care no, anyway. I wouldn't worry. I, I clicked on a bunch of their profiles and a lot of them had videos they'd posted and they seemed to look kind of similar in the sense like age range. They seemed like kind of maybe, maybe 20 year old. 
and then they're not super attractive guys that maybe <laughs> are conf- confused about their sexuality. Like it wasn't, Ouch. in other words, it wasn't like a broad range of, it wasn't a broad range demographically. They were all white. Like it was it's like, it was like, yeah. It's interesting that, uh, yeah, TikTok arrived at targeting those kinds of people with our video. Well, what I think happened, so this is why I called it brigading. That's probably they, the wrong word. Because they were seeing, TikTok was noticing the engagement from those so, people. And yeah, so then but, they show it to more people like that. I but think. that video, so TikTok reports to you how many times the video has been forwarded to somebody else. And that wow. video got forwarded a lot, uh, which okay. made me think. Maybe inside okay, the communities is, like of men, like the ones you just described. Yes. Like somebody, somebody saw it and forwarded it to all their friends and all of them got on there. That's why I called it brigading. It's like this group of people oh, who like, go around doing this to videos. That's what I think may have happened. But I think you have a different take on it. Well, I mean, I didn't know all that information. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I had like a pedantic argument about your use of the word brigading. Like my thought was, look, if almost everyone who comments on the video says the same thing, part of that is they're noticing what the other comments are and just sort of yes. keeping on. But it was hard for me to imagine that there was some sort of organized uh, effort by somebody. But if you if it was getting forwarded a bunch, then maybe it is something more akin to brigading. Yeah, the so that is what, that is a correct term, brigading, for that for if it was forwarded a bunch of times. Well, brigading right. can mean a bunch of different things, right? Okay. There's like sock puppeting, which is like you know people use fake accounts to make uh, you know a, a person's position seem more popular than it is, or to have like fake arguments to sort of drive polarization. Right. That's that's like a kind of brigading, and then there's I don't know ratioing. Do you know what ratioing is? Not really. Okay. Ratioing applies to Twitter. It's when uh, if a tweet gets more um, replies, then it gets retweets or likes. That's called ratioing. And it's, you know, usually, but not always an indicator that uh, the original post has been poorly received because lots of people are responding, presumably to criticize it rather than liking it or retweeting it. I see. Um. And then, you know, there's, I, I don't know, have you heard the expression sea lioning? No. Okay. This is when like you're at an online discussion and, you know, people will harangue you with like incessant bad faith questions in order to sort of like disrupt a debate and wear down the, you know, the person they don't like. And then there can be like, like mass, that strategy. Yeah. yeah. There can be Go mass ahead. reporting. That's another kind of brigading. Where people yes. go around and like say like oh report this post. To I was to worried about that too. Down. I was worried about like our TikTok account being taken away for this like silly. By the way, so um, uh, our other our next most commented video on there, mm-hmm. and this is one thing that like it was surprising that so many people engaged, which makes me think it was people don't on TikTok. It's I think a little bit difficult to get people to comment. People yeah. tend to just like and move on. Yes, or just move on. Uh, the, our second most uh, liked one, or commented rather one, is a video I made based on our conversation about women's armor uh, molding to their breasts, and that <laughs> one uh, has like this sort of nerdy debate that's gone on about uh, right. Oh, like about, in role playing mm, games? Yeah, okay, I remember. No, no, actually, actually, no. It's they're they're debating like what was built, what what kind of armor was 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 oh, was in typical the, in the Middle, in the middle ages. ages. Yes, and huh. the view is definitely that they would not have had. Obviously, they would not have sat around, you know, hammering out breast, uh, breast plates, right? Exactly. Or, you know, breasts, well, breast shaped breast plates. Although, you know, people, anyway, people can go on to TikTok and read the, 
debate. It's it's pretty pretty nerdy. Huh. Okay. So something to, to look forward to. Um, okay. Well, I guess we agree on this. Like it was sort of. I mean, look. I think the problem was the clip you selected for that video was not. I don't. Well, okay. It, it, here's one thing I might say. That clip was not clear enough. I mean, it was a clip from the show, right? And so the context of our 10-minute discussion is sort of missed, right? Yeah, so well, like, for TikTok, you have to cut out all the pauses, cut out some of the, the verbiage yeah. because people have, uh, these are like- Very limited not, attention span. Yeah, limited attention span people. And so it's possible that people miss that. But I don't, I think that like it just shows that like there's certain hot button topics here that uh, people can't see nuance around. And this must yeah, be like a frustrating thing. Why are people so about sensitive it. about pedophilia, man? I mean, it's such. A- no, I understand, but it, but like there is there there can be nuance, right? I mean, there, there are situations yeah. where, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's another thing uh, in the news today, Keith. I don't know if you watched this, but an hour before we recorded, because I like to keep up on media, uh, uh-huh. Tucker Carlson released his uh, <laughs> his video of his interview with this gentleman who claims that he gave uh, President Obama a blowjob. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, related. Wait. Right. During uh, 19, his 19, 1999. So apparently what he claims happened. W- was he is, married to Michelle at that point? Yes, but they were on the okay. rocks, which, which, which Obama mm. has since admitted. He has since said that around then they were having like some marital maybe challenges. Were, maybe they were quote unquote taking a break. Uh, maybe. Look, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the bigger uh, surprise there is, the, is that he's not a female, the, the partner. Uh, oh, so the cl- it was a man. Yes, yes, yes. It's a man, and the claim oh. is that the claim is that this guy wanted to, wanted to party in Chicago and got hooked up with uh, Barack Obama, and they smoked crack in a limo together, and then and then he gave Obama a blow. It honestly sounded like I I told a friend that I I I want it to be true, so, <laughs> so I just think it's so funny. It's like okay. I mean, did you listen to it? Does it seem like what what uh, truthiness value would you ascribe to his? It's really hard uh, to say because I know what count. people what what people will say. This guy apparently has been claiming this since two thousand eight. It's just not reported mm. in the media. Okay. Uh, it so uh, and there's people can look it up. Like I, it's it's like he was given a lie detector test that he failed. I think, but there's a claim that that was tampered with, so on and so forth. Jeez. Okay. Um, but I would say that um, here's what I will say. It's not easy. Like this is why cross examination exists in courtrooms. It's not easy to have a story stick with it and like say the story in such a like almost like an improv actor where he like he seemed very it seemed true to be honest. So yeah. I would I I think I I I have no idea, but like if I had like if gun to my head, I would guess it was true. Huh. Gun to my head, I would guess it was true. Just cuz and in my life and this is probably true for you too, when stories like this come out in my life most of the time they're true. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, like be, everybody denies it. They say you're crazy. And then you later find out, oh yeah, it was true. I mean, like John Travolta or whatever. Like, right, right, these right. Things, I mean, like, the issue here yeah. is he has some incentive, for example, What's, getting platformed on Tucker Carlson. Um, I don't know. This didn't look, he, I don't, he claims not to have made any money off it. He didn't look so good. He was missing a tooth <laughs> and stuff. I don't know, man. Like, I'm not sure this guy's, I'm not sure it's Maybe done much for this guy's career. Helped his technique. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But like, I don't, I just don't know. But like, if somebody forced me to guess, I, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, it's, okay. you know, obviously it seems it's a, it's a surprising story. Um, yes. But I, I tend to, so. And I like to, you know, I like to believe people. Like, it's like, it's like, I believe Bill Clinton's accusers, Bill Cosby's and I, I guess, you know, I, 
have a tendency to believe this guy what too. about brett kavanaugh's accuser i think that something happened there yeah actually yes i i think that like she may she seemed a little loopy but yeah i mean genuinely i think something happened i don't know if it was exactly what she said <laughs> but like, than barack obama's crack addict a little more in, at the time when she was reporting, but but again, I believe her. I do. Yeah, in general, I think that what she said was true. Like I think, okay. like, I think Anita Hill with Clarence Thomas. Yeah, I think that that probably happened. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, because these these things, dudes do stuff like this. Like, you know. yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, All right, I was just uh, trying to establish a baseline here. All right, yeah. uh, let's move on. Do we have anything else we were going to talk about before? No. Nah. All right, let's get into uh, revisiting a couple of our topics from last week. So. Um, this guy on Reddit read the post that we talked about last week where somebody saved his condom. I don't, I don't remember what it was exactly. Yeah. She said, you know, how much she liked his dick and how big he was. And then she asked for the condom. Oh yeah. She asked for the condom because she wanted to show it to her girlfriend or something. I suggested he might, he could have microwaved it to, right, to right, inactivate right. the sperm. Yeah. Okay. Are so you talking about the guy who emailed us? Uh... No, no there was somebody was a, who emailed us. Wait, there was somebody who emailed us and claimed that the sperm would die in the condom really quickly. And no, I don't I, actually think that's true. I missed that email. Okay. okay, wait, hold on. All right, that what you just said though is apropos to this to this okay. uh, to this post. Okay, this person says, "Why I always make sure I throw away the condom." The post from the guy about a girl saving his condom to show her roommate caught my eye. I would have posted this there, but the comments are disabled. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the story of why I always make sure I throw away the empty condom in a place far from where I had sex from someone I don't have a stable relationship with. A few years ago, a woman who had rejected me the first time I asked her out reappeared and asked me out on a date. We went out, we had fun, and she called me to her house. We had sex. Then she said she was going to the bathroom and asked for the condom because she said she would throw it in the trash can. Oh, let's consider it. I delivered without distrust. Later, foreshadowing, later, we had sex again. We talked a little. I got ready to go home. And while she was in the bathroom a second time, I went to the fridge to get some water. It was a single door refrigerator with a built-in freezer, which when I opened it, the freezer door dislodged and bang, there was the condom being stored. I took it and put it in my pocket. When she left the bathroom, I asked her to use it. Uh, yes, if he could use it. I took the second condom that I had thrown in the trash and left with both. Months later, I learned that she was pregnant. By chance of life, it was not my son. Although I understand that this is crazy and that this is a crazy and unusual story, as I lived it, since since then I simply do not lose sight of my condom until I manage to make it disappear. I don't have pretty eyes like the like the OP, but I think having a really good stable job ended up putting me in that situation. All right, first of all, just because she got pregnant later doesn't necessarily mean that she was keeping his condom to inseminate herself with. I think he's 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 making a leap there that might be appropriate, but I don't know. I think it's it's more likely she was keeping it for some other weird reason. Uh, I think you're right about that. A couple reasons. One is that for okay, a couple things. One, I'm not I'm not a member of like the guild of of um, sperm bank uh, inspectors uh-huh. or anything like that, but. I am skeptical that putting the sperm in a condom in a freezer yes. would be the right way to handle yes. it. I suspect you have to freeze it much more quickly, maybe with like liquid nitrogen or something. So I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think preserving biological matter, uh, freezing it is is really hard. Like I don't know how sperm banks do it, but yeah, I, I don't I know, know if they have to freeze with... it slowly or if they have to freeze it quickly. But there's some 
strategy. That I suspect that, they, yeah, like I know there are issues with crystallization when you freeze things. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why the people that uh, do that thing where they have their bodies, pre- their, their brain brains preserved after, after death, like that's, that's not going to work for a few well, reasons. Well, their hope that. is that at some point in the future, they can undo the damage done by the crystal. Right. And the people, uh, you know, 10,000 years in the future will be like, oh, let's go revive that guy. <laughs> they're not right. That's, that's right. the problem with that idea. They're not they they're not going to do that. They'll be like, right. ah, nah. I don't right. need to take a miss on that one. Right. Okay. So there's that. I mean, second. I, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, okay. I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, even though I think it was unlikely that she was keeping it to inseminate herself with, it is alarming when somebody's keeping your condoms, especially without mentioning it. Yeah. So okay. Agreed. The I think that it's, I think that I don't think that a woman, given the things we've been told on this show and I have in my normal life, I don't think it's, if a woman wants to get impregnated by a guy, it, guys will just fuck a woman without a condom. Right. It's not like, hard to not, find a man who wants to have sex without a condom. That's yeah, nine Yeah, she out can of just say men. she's on birth control and he'll be like, oh, okay. And then she, she can, she can do that way. And also, um, if she were going to go through this condom ruse, I think she would go into the bathroom and immediately put the semen in her because that's going to be the, have the greatest viability. So that's so strange. So then, yeah, you're left with what's in the freezer for. I'm going to guess it was in there for a guy. She's like cuckolding or something. Like there's a guy oh, that's going to be eating that semen. That's, that's, I don't know about eating. Maybe she's, there. maybe she's eating. trying to make somebody jealous. No, it's what I said. There's a dude who said, Hey, get me a condom full of cum. Oh my and I'm going to like God. put it on my, I'm going to butter my toast with it or something and eat it. Or like it's going to be part of their sex. Play. By the way, Keith, I have a question regarding condoms for you. Do you, when you're going to dispose of your condom after mm-hmm. a sexual interlude, do you look at how much semen's in there? And do yeah. you notice like deltas in the quantity? Do you sometimes look and you're like, God <sighs> damn, I produced a lot of semen that, that time. Yeah. I, I definitely notice and check. I don't think I have it well codified in my mind what's a lot and what's okay. a little i th- I would know it when i saw it do you ever notice it to be a very small amount i mean occasionally you can have like a ruined orgasm hmm. mm-hmm. you, you know this you think less sure less come comes out in that case yeah i think the the most common case where there's not much semen is like the orgasm was ruined somehow not that i wasn't sufficiently engaged okay. Um, okay. So there, so you'd say, do you, I mean, do you think you could put it on a scale of one to five, typically one to three? Like how, how many, how, how well could you partition the, I bet one to space? three. Yeah. One to three. So you can get yeah, in the, um, so you notice that you, you, you take note of it. Anything beyond that? Does it like inform, do you, do you think, oh, I keep getting three loads with this chick. I should, she <laughs> must be really attracted to her. I don't, I don't. We've, okay, talked and about, when you, we've talked around this before, and so I know it's something that you think you would do, but I, <laughs> do you, when, when you switch with a partner to not using condoms anymore, do you ever miss being able to see your load like that? No, no. Okay. No, I strongly prefer sex without condoms. And you don't want to like go in and listen to her in the bathroom to sort of hear how many globs come out or something. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. No. But I can imagine someone who was <laughs> as uh, obsessed with orgasm intensity as you uh, occasionally seem to be, where mm-hmm. occasionally means always, uh, I could see that being a thing. But yeah, I think you can't. <laughs> Tell I think orally. That, I think the number one uh, orally, meaning with your ears. Yeah. Pinned to the bathroom door uh, as, yeah. you're, as she's emptying her semen from her vaginal cavity 
I wonder if women can tell how much is there, like if it was a big load or a small load while doing that. I haven't, I haven't never asked that. I don't. They don't care. So. I know. I, I've heard them say things like, "Oh, you really came a lot that time," or like, especially like as the day goes on. If I'm like still dripping out of them. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the situation but where they I actually that, would know is I don't think know, that has well, much it has a little bit to do with volume, but it also has something to do with like I don't know, the activities of the day and the consistency of the semen or something. Maybe, yeah. Oh, have you noticed that there's some activity? I would think that it would just be certain women would make that claim that it's dripping out of them. I don't I actually think that's not generally a thing. If they go to the bathroom and like sort of wipe. Yeah. I think if you're like walking around a lot shortly after having sex, you might notice it dripping out more. I don't really know. I haven't done enough A-B tests here. Okay. All right. Um, I have a couple more questions about this guy. Like, why not just pour the condom out? Like, why <laughs> carry it around in his breast pocket? It was frozen. Oh. Okay, but only because he didn't pour it out. Oh, I guess she took the condom. Only because he didn't pour. You mean he didn't pour it out? Remember, she said that she wanted uh, she wanted it. So, like, I guess that's when she took it to the freezer somehow. But the second condom, he said he retrieved from the trash. But he wouldn't have had to do that if he poured it out himself. I mean, uh, let's see. That's true. But I mean, pouring it out isn't dispositive, right? I mean, there could still. Although, although to our emailer's point, like, I think that if you get it so that you've remove most of the fluid there, it's going to dry out pretty quickly. I think it's dispositive, man. I don't think you can, let's say someone's poured out a condom, okay? And then you you take that condom and then what, what do you, you, you turn it inside out and then you squeegee the remains off the, the walls of the condom to try to accumulate as much sample as possible? Look, it's theoretically possible. As somebody who was uh, subjected to sex education in the United States in like mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s, I can tell you that- um, we were taught that like any amount of semen, sperm can get you pregnant, but probably yeah, but there's some linear relationship or something. So if you, if you get a tiny, tiny amount, there's not that much you could do with it. That's right. Yeah. I don't think that's a, I think pouring it out is fine. Also, I learned a little bit more. I don't know if you remember last week we were talking about was, is there a way to neutralize your semen somehow? Like some powder. Uh, apparently okay. I was reading online, Bleach. apparently Drake would pour hot sauce uh, into his used condoms to discourage women or torture women who would later try to. Now, I don't know if this was just in a song or if he said this in an interview, but that's the rumor. So he was worried. Drake was rumored to be worried about, does he have kids? Do you know if this, did, did it work? Uh, well, <laughs> yes. he would have to have kids that he yes. didn't intend to have. <laughs> he had kids. Drake Drake is African-American or Canadian, I know, but he's black. Yes, so he right? is. Okay. Because yeah. I, I don't, I, all I know is that Drake is often the answer on song quiz because there's only like four pop artists in the 2000s, yeah, 2010s, and he's one of them. popular, yeah. It's um, a good random guess. But you could, yeah. So if he used the hot sauce, maybe his kid would come out Mexican. Is that the joke? <laughs> That's not how it works, I don't think. That's not how that works. I haven't <laughs> tried. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you're a celebrity- <laughs> Or someone who's very, very wealthy, you would, and you were kind of a player, you would want to get rid of the, uh, yeah, hot sauce doesn't, isn't what would first occur to me. Um, I think the thing with hot sauce is he's imagining it kills the sperm, but also like penalizes the woman for trying to inseminate herself with it. It's like, haven't, have you ever read these stories? Aren't aren't there? Temporary. Aren't there, isn't there some sort of apparatus that a woman can put in her vagina that will like cut the man's dick if they try to rape her or 
try to penetrate her? I, I mean, I'm sure one could construct such a thing. And yes, I'm aware that like people have. Did those actually exist, or this, or are those just horror stories that I think go on like cake? Okay, okay, yeah, that's that's not a real thing. Um, yeah, but okay, encouraging. She, she would, you know, she'd have a decent chance of cutting herself. Uh, but but yeah, I don't. It's an interesting question what someone in a position like he is would do to avoid this problem. And I don't have a, I don't think like, I mean, just using a condom itself would be risky, you know, like they're, I mean, you could, if you had, if somebody gave you oral sex, that would be tricky because they could have access to the semen. Like, yeah, it's it's if you're really that worried about that, it would be kind of tricky. Hmm. So. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'm trying to decide which how to start this topic. So there was a a tweet that went viral this week about body count, and we'd been talking about that fairly recently. So I thought we could dredge this up again. Uh, it was The tweet was a copy from a Reddit post, and I'm not sure what subreddit it was on, but uh, this person is a 27-year-old female. She says, I hate how men value me because of my body count. So I've been with 58 different men, which I know is higher <laughs> than average, but I want to have fun and enjoy new experiences. It's my life, so I did. But I've settled down the last year and have been, and have been really trying to find someone special to settle down with and start a family. All of my friends now are either married or in relationships now, and whenever I meet a match with a man or meet one in real life, and they always ask what my body count is, and I tell them, and I tell them they always make a disgusted face and unmatch or ghost me. I even met one guy who I liked so much and I thought was so sweet who told me he wasn't interested in a woman with such, quote, high mileage, and ended up dumping me. I cried my eyes out for days over that. I'm more than just the men I've slept with. I have a decent job, fun hobbies and interests, and I'm still young, but I guess I'm just a hoe in most men's eyes. Uh, and so this had all kinds of responses. Um, the one that got uh, 3 million views was uh, some guy who must be on the right. Uh, he says, the question we must ask young women is this, who told you it was acceptable to have a high body count? That person has ruined your life and dating prospects. You should be angry with them and ensure future generations of women are not deceived by them as you were. And so that, of course, got a lot of uh, critique from the left, uh, including one from uh, Ella Girl. Uh, and she says, I don't know. She's responding to this guy that says, who told you it was acceptable to have a high body count? And she says, I don't know, man. It sounds like now she has a naturally great filter that's keeping out incompatible, sexually, sexually insecure men. I have a huge body count, but I've never had an issue finding long-term relationships with high quality guys. You just got to find the slut cloud subculture. Slut cloud? Yeah, I think that is actually the key to her perspective here. Which is the fact that she's culturally only the only people that get through the front door are people who are totally okay with this, right? Yeah, right. Um, well, and also, okay. I mean, her perspective is potentially a little bit strange because, yeah, I mean, she's the famous, you know, uh, thirst trap poster from the internet, right? Like it's. Yeah, she, she's, she has all kinds of filters that might make her experience different here. It also depends on what, I mean, what her objectives are, because she's saying, she said something like, I've had 
num- numerous long-term relationships or something. I forget. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but uh, she says, yeah, she never had an issue finding long-term relationships with high quality guys. I, I mean, I'm not sure what she means by long-term, but I mean, high quality. Man, man is only given uh, four score years to live. Like how, how long <laughs> does she think long-term is like three months? Like yeah. there's just not that much time. So, so right. I, so I, mean, I guess I would call BS on I that mean, because, you know, I, I think the thing to discuss here is what percentage of men would be materially dissuaded from dating a woman if she knew that she had a 50 plus body count. And my intuition is even in coastal elite communities where people should should be presumably as sex positive as, as anywhere in the world, maybe there are circles in Europe that are like a bit more sex sex positive, but not much. Like even in even if you take just that subset of the population, I'm guessing the majority and maybe the vast majority would be turned off. I am one that was that would not be turned off by this. We've talked about this on previous episodes. Like body count doesn't affect my judgment of anyone. If anything, it might be a slight positive. Um, but I think for most people, for most men, it's a material turnoff. Do you agree with that? Well, it depends I know, on. Well, I know it depends on what you're. That. Uh, that I agree with it. Yeah. Uh, depends on what you're judging them for, what, 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 what you're screening for, put it that way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're screening for, so, so, so one thing that she can't, I had this discussion with my wife that back and she brings up good arguments, but, um, one thing you can't debate is body count does correlate for women. I don't know about for men. It's an interesting question. It probably correlates for men as well with a bunch of sort of outcomes divorce like there's there's a series of like of like outcomes that are that are sort of I, I don't want to use the word negative maybe divorce could be viewed as a positive it is a positive in some situations but uh this it, 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 it correlates with things and so there can be a rational way that a person could say oh well this is correlating with this i don't want that um now you could say oh well it's a false it's it's not causative meaning the high body count is just revealing something about the person who then also gets divorced. Like for example, a high body count might correlate, you know, if, if your parents are divorced, you're more likely to be divorced, to get divorced. Um, so yeah. maybe body count and divorce rate are just revealing something about your upbringing or something like that, that I, I can't, I can't be sure of. But, but one thing I would say is that if, if, if a woman is, so, so in other words, having, keeping your body count low might not actually help, unfortunately, like, cause it may, it may be revealing of some other factor. Um, but it's certainly, I think, that guys who are looking for what I think this woman uh, says she's looking for, well, they're going to be uh, interested set, in somebody to settle like, down, right? They're looking interested in somebody who has stability. Look, okay, you want to have kids with this person, so you're going to have, uh, you know, a twelve-year-old daughter. Now, this is one of the things my wife said. Like, uh, how many of these women would suggest that their daughter do this? Yeah. This would be their, so they're like, oh, this is what I want to do. Would you really tell your daughter, really your 12-year-old daughter, like, hey, here's what you should do. You should have a body count of 73 and then settle down. Like, I don't, like if you think about it from that perspective, it gets harder, right? And part of the problem is if you have a high body count and you have a kid, well, now like that's a little tough because of role modeling, because of like, you know, you get thrown back at you. Well, you did this, you know, this is the way, you know. And so that, that becomes sort of challenging. And so, and so it's like, well, you know, it's hard when you say, I want to live differently than I want my kid to live. Now, if people think they're fine with their kid having a high body count, okay. But, you know, I good. think I would be fine with my daughter having a high body count. 
Yeah, but would you encourage it? I'd be fine with it too. Yeah, but I don't. Like, would you I don't be like, know oh, this is what you should definitely I, do? I guess I would want her not to uh, quickly select a man. I think that is a bad strategy. And I think if you don't quickly select a man, you'll end up in a situation where you have a high body count. You realize those two things. If you don't quickly say that again, if you don't quickly select a man, you will have a high body count. I totally disagree with that. Okay, go on. Because because if a if a girl woman in that you know sort of the teen to twenties age range is pursuing what I would call like the more typical or traditional female mating strategy, dating strategy, she would be aiming at having kind of serial long term like longish term medium term relationships, and would be unhappy about things like one night stands or a guy that like cheats on her after the third date or what or after the tenth date, whatever. She would yeah. be avoiding those sorts of things, and so she wouldn't have so. I think I agree with you in the sense that it's like having a body count that's non-zero or, you know, makes sense, but there's a point above which it's like not. I mean, there's just so many different competing incentives here. I do think that developing a selection criteria that avoids unwanted one night stands slash short-term relationships is important. I think it's possible that some women might want to have one night stands and and short-term sexual relationships. That is also fine. But what's important is not having that experience when you don't want it. And so I would, you know, try to coach them toward, you know, not being viewed as disposable by men unless you want to be. I I mean, I agree. I think people should do what they want to do. That I agree with strongly. But here you have people, somebody saying, Look, I did what I wanted to do this, and now I want to completely change what yeah, I do I and know. do this other thing. Yeah, and that's sort of like it's like, well, what are you talking about? Which one did you want to do? You know, you, people don't people don't just completely turn on a dime when they're whatever age you say thirty. Oh yeah, I've just you know lived this way, and now I'm just totally different. It's like no, you're not. That's not how. Like nobody thinks that's how human psychology works. Yeah, I think she might be backfilling uh, justification for her past actions. Well, like, okay, but I, you know. Like I would expect, okay, I would expect the optimal path to be, and look, it it depends on the woman, of course, but I would expect the optimal path to be something like um, a series of medium to long-term relationships interspersed with some short-term things, but they should, but the problem is short-term on a woman's terms and short-term on a man's terms are very different things. And if it's short-term on a man's terms, then I think you, the woman has sort of employed a bad strategy. And I think the vast majority of people who have body, high body counts are because they had relationships that were short-term on the man's terms. And if you just a woman- mean even shorter than a woman would want, like, like they're just a one-night stand kind of deal. I don't know if it's mean? even shorter. It's shorter for a different reason, which is, yeah, it was just a one night stand. The man never really cared about her. She was He was just using her for sex. And if a woman wants to just use a man for sex or wants to have like a series of, you know, short term relationships that, you know, are may or may not be sex focused, but, you know, where sex is involved, that's fine. But it should be because she wants to, not because she's like, chosen a man, she's pining for him, trying to do the thing that like will keep him around, but like never was. Like that is not good. But if you have a high body count because you've had a bunch of short-term relationships on your terms, that's great. Um, it's just, yeah, I think a lot of women like 
aren't cutting their teeth and getting more savvy. They're like cutting their teeth and having bad relationships. And then that begets more bad relationships because it starts normalizing this sort of bad behavior. And that is not a good pattern. Well, it depends on what you mean by bad relationship. But sure, I, th- I think I think uh, because a relationship that's just like, a uh, what, what is it? The, uh, the sort of fuck buddy or the, there's another term for that, right? Uh, friend, friend with benefits. benefits. <laughs> friend with benefits is a relationship that most, I think, men would be perfectly happy with and it wouldn't upset a man in many cases. For a woman, I think it's much less likely to be something they would want actually intrinsically. They're just saying they'll do it because they perceive yeah, they know the I agree. Option. I'm just saying that I think there are women that would want that. And if they do want that, that's fine. But they should be dictating those terms. Yeah, so they this, have this gets- all of the power. They don't need – I mean it depends on their attractiveness, of course. But uh, you know, given that they're not hideous – uh, they're, they're, you know, at least moderately attractive. They really have a lot of power, um, especially when they're young. And so I think it's fine if they want to experiment around, but they shouldn't do it on men's terms. And I think the vast majority do do it on men's terms. Well, that. some, that some is what I would coach my daughter not to do. Some women would want to do it on, on men's terms and have different, you know, maybe that well, yes. but here's, but here's what I would say. Things a bit. Here was, here's what I would say generally is, is that while I think that society should be tolerant and tolerant in a, in a strong way, like you shouldn't mistreat or I mean, it's more than that. Like you should be tolerant. You should, you should be like, look, people should be able to live their lives. People should be in favor of people making choices. So people should be, society should be tolerant of lots of different choices. Society should also have some kind of discouragement or some, there should be some bias, some a meaningful amount of bias against other, against life choices that are known to be sort of problematic. And I think yeah. this comes up on all these axes, including, um, uh, the uh, trans stuff It probably comes up with, with, with gay stuff, with mar- gay marriage, with all these topics. It's useful for society. It's not that you want, I mean, and maybe people are not mature enough to, be kind to each other and at the same time have a society where you lay out, Hey, this is the sort of the, the best path. You know, the, the, they can't simultaneously have those two thoughts in their head. Okay. But I think society's has some challenges because we've decided that all paths are exactly equal. Can I and try so then to, it's like, well, people don't know what to do. Can I try to restate your argument in my own mm-hmm. words? Yes. Okay. I think you're saying that People can do whatever they want, and they should be allowed to do whatever they want, and maybe not shamed for it. But erecting some guardrails that sort of guide people in the sort of standard, most seemingly um, culturally uh, distilled and endorsed path is not necessarily bad, right? So instead of saying like, oh, it is totally okay to be trans and it's totally okay to be straight, you might, you know, nudge people or not straight, but non-trans, you might nudge people towards non-trans choices. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Non-trans choices. But, you know, look, if they're certain that, you know, trans is the route that they want to go, then that's fine. And you don't want to shame them for it. But acting as if both choices are just sort of like, you know, well, it's half of this and half of half of that, that is where we sort of run into trouble. It's, it's, yeah, the, the the thing I would add to that is that I think, and I just think this is the reality of it. And it's extremely uncomfortable for this generation of adults that are arriving on the scene. Is I think that the way society does that is by kind of making the choices that aren't the bright, you know, middle line path 
you know, kind of teasing about it a little, joking, making some jokes about it. So like, you know, historically people would kid around about, you know, like a drag queen was kind of silly. You shouldn't be going and beating their asses. That's not, you know, but it's sort of silly. It's a little, it's known to be kind of other. It's not, it's not the main in group. Yeah. And I think that there's something. This is an example of a, of a guardrail. And well, but it's, it's, it's more than a guardrail in the sense that it's, you are, it it makes your life a little bit worse if you're in one of these uh, groups that's not right down the middle. Right. So you have to be sure, you have to really want to do that to sort of get over that, you know, potential energy hump. And if you do, then that's fine. Like you, you, yeah, you, you really did want to be a cross-dresser or whatever. Yes. Um, And, you know, people shouldn't be, you know, uh, prejudiced against or, or whatever. Um, Yeah. I don't, yeah, I need to think about this a bit more, but. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't, I in principle don't really understand how society I mean, it becomes difficult to understand where you would ever draw the line. I mean, what if I wanted to marry my animal, my right. dog? Like, how do you how do you say that's not okay? What if you want to have like a three person marriage or a nine person marriage or a fifty seven person? How can like how do you ever have guardrails around anything? Like, you, at some point, you have to draw a line. You have to say, okay, this this is where we're going to stop. Like, you you know, and yeah, I don't understand. It's hard how the sort of woke powers that be decide what things uh, we need to be totally accepting of and almost encouraging of and what things we don't like. So for example, um, being trans is one of these things that we need to be totally accepting of and like almost like nudging people toward right now. But, you know, being a pedophile or, uh, you know, being into bestiality is totally unacceptable and (laughs) will get you brigaded on TikTok. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think I can make I can make some hand wavy things be like, well, <laughs> you know, what do they say about like um, how do you know when when content is something that you should ban or not? And a lot of people say like, well, when you know, you know, like you know when something's porn. It's hard to like draw up specific lines to say when something's porn and what something's not. But I, but you can tell by looking at it. And and people might say that with like sort of trans versus bestiality. Well, they could also say with 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 bestiality or or am <clears throat> something involving children, you could say, well, they're not able to consent. Uh, but but then you could say, okay, well, can I marry my sister? Right. Why why can't I do that? Why can't I have you yeah. know incest is another one? Yeah. Yeah. Or or the thing with like you know multiple spouses. How do you, and yeah, and it just becomes challenging because ultimately these people have kids, and society has to sort of manage that situation society has an obligation there takes on an obligation and becomes I, anyway like yeah my, my, I, I generally think that instead of this idea of like having this ever expanding balloon of hey this is these are all people that are treated exactly the same it would be better to just sort of tolerate everybody within reason meaning where you're not hurting uh, you're, you're not actually hurting people or doing things that without consent and but then have kind of a bright path in the middle where you're like look this is the you know everybody else kind of and, and honestly everybody else is kind of considered a little bit silly and honestly I think that's we sort of got there, I think, in a lot of areas of society, and now we've kind of jumped the shark and are moving out in some yeah. odd direction. I think the problem is when people hear what you're saying here, they assume it's coming from some sort of like transphobic thing, right? So, uh, um, well, sure. What's I mean, her name? The Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling has this issue where, uh, you know, she's been labeled as like a transphobe, and I think she would. I think her argument is like, no, I'm not a transphobe, but it's just that, you know. No, I think she is. 
I think she is just like I would I would say I think I am. I think and I just like I think I'm racist. I think I think these are correct labels. Like I'm everybody like look, here's the issue. If everybody were trans, there'd be no people. There'd be no society, right? You can't have a society because like there's how yeah. are you going to reproduce and stuff like that. If everybody was gay, how would you reproduce? You know, I guess everybody could yeah. be one race or the other, so that's a, that wouldn't be a good example. Um so I mean you wind up in these situations where yeah, I mean, you, well, yeah, you can you can throw the label at someone, and it's accurate. Okay, all right, fine. But, let, but let, let's, what are their okay. motivations? All right. <laughs> okay, we're we're going like a, on another tangent here, but <laughs> yeah, what does being a homophobe even mean? Like, it is probably somewhat DNA determined to be disgusted by homophobia. By and homosexuality, so, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, by sorry, by homosexuality. Like that is probably an adaptive behavior of some kind. And it's it's probable that there's some sort of baseline homophobia that most people have. Now, just because you're a homophobe doesn't mean that you think gays shouldn't be able to get married or that gay people shouldn't have rights. Well, I mean, I so think you, you have to sort of separate say- being a transphobe from like being anti-trans rights. And and I think these things often get conflated. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think that people generally don't, anybody who's sufficiently different from them, whatever axis is going to be sort of, they're going to, phobic is not the right word maybe, but they're like going to, I think know it is. I think, I think it is the right word. Generally, I, generally, I think humans are xenophobic. Okay. Okay, fine. So yeah, so there's so you're 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 a bit afraid. You you sort of other these this group of people, and the question is like, okay, I think it was in, adaptive. In a world where people, I think are it like was that. adaptive to other. Like people, of course, are, like humans are born tribalistic and xenophobic, right? Right. So they prefer their own in group, and they are phobic of out groups. And this was adaptive when we were in communities of two hundred people. That makes sense. Yeah. So 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 ultimately, you just have to figure out how you can 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 produce tolerance. But I don't yeah, I, with I, education. Ironically, you yeah. you overcome some of these you know like i think men are probably a little bit sexually aggressive uh, by default in their in their genetic coding but with education you know you sort of disabuse yourself of that yeah and i think that i think that you i think ironically perhaps not ironically but you you when you when you go too far when you go beyond a certain point in trying to normalize stuff you actually get more outbursts of xenophobia I think it actually it's it's yeah. like a less ideal situation for everybody, including the people that you're concerned about protecting. I think it actually like gets harder for them. Yeah, um, and there's some there's some point of of teaching people tolerance and respect and seeing each other's humanity that I think is important without without saying oh you just have to act like this is totally normal. You don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we sort of hampered upon something interesting here, which is yeah, being phobic of something doesn't mean that you're trying to deny rights or that's right humanity of whatever group that you're phobic of it's yeah you can you can be a little bit um i I don't know if disgusted is the word phobic of something but acknowledge that it exists and be totally supportive of their rights i mean it's yeah to be fair like i mean i've at work received several not 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 because i did anything just because of like the events in the world i've received several uh trainings around racism and to their credit, one of the things they try to do now is to say, look, everybody's racist. <laughs> so they, they let you just be, admit that you have some biases. And the question yeah. is like, how do you manage those biases? And I actually think that's that I actually appreciate. I think that's yeah, a much I think there's some honesty there. It. It's refreshing. Yeah. It's like, you're right. I am racist. Like I've had, everybody's had experiences and you notice, you notice the differences. And the question is, how do you deal with that? Not 
you just have to admit that it's there and everybody yeah, how do you, has how it. do you compensate for it in a way that is most equitable right. yeah so. um, all right well boy we really waded into it there let's talk about blowjobs i think this will be yes <laughs> more fun um uh, let's see did i pull this up already all right here we go what is the etiquette for signaling coming during a blowjob and so that that's that's sort of like the for the man or the woman uh, for the man, but I, but I think this conversation can go a number of different ways. And this person adds an edit that has a, a, a list of bullet points that I think summarizes what people think about blowjobs generally. I think this is going to be good content. All right. Okay. A question for the ladies. If you're giving head, do you expect the guy to come in your mouth as the default? Is it polite for the guy to say, baby, I'm coming or give you a tap on the head or dot, 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 something else? To tell you he is about to blow his load, so you have the option to take it or have him come on your face or tits if you don't want a mouthful. Hmm. Or do you know your man is about to come anyway by feeling his balls or something else? Um, Update. Well, that was a lot of enthusiastic responses to my question. To summarize what I think everyone said, number one, communication from the man about when he is going to come is almost universally welcomed, not only to prepare to receive, but also because, and this was a revelation to me, that most women found it hot as fuck to have their man vocalize their pleasure. Some commented that presumably while fingering themselves too, those words, baby, I'm coming, push them to orgasm. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, as a man, if you had a woman, it goes both directions, right? I mean, yeah. a man, uh, right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's really easy to understand this. Announcing you're going to come is, is generally hot. Or is okay. a guy just getting any like, uh, audio from the your female partner yeah positive like, feedback is nice or yeah almost anything yeah yeah right but pos- positive is better than negative i guess but sure yeah, yeah. uh this person uh, after aggregating all the responses says some people have a personal system of taps to communicate like a double tap on the shoulder for example that seems unnecessarily maybe if you're super introverted and shy that makes it a little bit easier i think that so that feels like something would often get negotiated, right? So it's like, yeah, she, but she, she's frustrated because she doesn't want the semen in her mouth, and so they come up with something. Yeah, right? but he could just say, "I'm about to come." Like, why do the freaking baseball? Oh, signals? why doesn't he say something? Yeah, <laughs> they're shy. They're shy. Uh, I mean, maybe he's concentrating on his physical sensations. Although, what I've found, oh, come on. Yeah, I, I think that like saying something for a guy, I guess it's being polite, but also it can. I, I don't know. Sometimes I've, I've, I've said that when I'm masturbating before. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting like, <laughs> yeah, I have. I don't know if I was directing it at yourself. Like, you really have an encouragement kink. <laughs> well, I think, no, I just think you should like, record a, yourself and then play it back while you're oh masturbating. <laughs> I said, I have done it. Not that that's like a common practice. <laughs> it's happened where I was like, Oh, that was weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just a, you, you sort of like, I don't know. There's a, you, they get you in the mindset better or something. You, you want to tell the world what's about to happen. I think that guys want to actually, because you see, as a man, you want the woman, you because yeah, I've said this before on the podcast, but I mean, like from the woman's perspective, not that much is happening. Your body sort of shivers or shudders a bit, and then some a little small stream of something squirts out of your penis. But from the guy's uh-huh. perspective, it's this massive, it's like a dam yeah. breaking. Right. And so he wants to like sort of bring her into that more because he's like, this amazing thing's happening, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, know. I think women generally like having the semen imposed on them depends on the woman of course that i mean orally that depends there are certainly it does women okay who say they I'm glad hate you that, mentioned yeah. this let, let me let me continue reading 
A small proportion of women have a cum fetish and want to swallow as much cum as you can put in their mouth. A proportion, 10 to 20%, hate the taste and texture of cum and so want the warning because they do not want you to cum in their mouth, but be jerked off over their face or tits, but never hair. That seems like good tips there. Yeah. The hair thing's for sure, right? It's like getting paint in your hair. What if they don't want it on their face or tits? Like, do you you go off to the side, uh, out into the nether, or what do you do? You could do the cum slap. You come in your own hand and then slap her with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't probably think, probably not wanted if they don't want you to come in their mouth. But yeah, probably the we're woman just brainstorming who doesn't, here. Probably the woman who doesn't want it in her look. From my perspective, I think that having it on your face or tits is worse than in your mouth. Yes. For the woman, because now like there's like a cleanup task that has to happen. I know, but if you really hate the the taste, then you yeah the the taste is like a negative seven. And the the mess is like a negative five or something. Yeah, it's hard to say. They're choosing I mean, between two bad choices if they don't like the the semen. There aren't that many other choices. So right. I mean, uh, let's see. When I was like in high school, I feel like this came. I remember I nutted on a dollar bill. Where? How did it? How did you use the dollar bill to catch it all? I don't remember. I just remember that <laughs> happening. The details of why it happened, I don't remember. Right. I just so thought it was a funny clean thing Kleenex replacement, yeah. I'm sure there were other places besides, although I think I've told you before that like where I went to high school, like there was sort of this expectation that girls would take it in the mouth typically. So maybe oh, that's what yeah. Happened. You told me that was a, yeah, that was a good meme that spread through your high school. Yes. Uh, but like, okay. But none of this is collectively bargained before the first blowjob begins. You're just sort of playing it by ear. I think it could be. Like the system of taps can't be negotiated. I mean, it could no, be, you would, but come on, by high schoolers? I don't think so. That's why I think that would have to be negotiated verbally, which could be a good thing. I remember one time a girl just pointed. So this happened. I had a girl pointed away from her and it just went on the wall. It was like, it was okay. like, it was like a fire yeah. hose and she was it's like, get that thing. I don't want that thing aimed at me. Well, it right. went on, it was, she was, she was back. She was sitting against the wall and it went onto the wall. To be fair, that's, that's what I would be like. What, what do you mean? Oh, if like, it was happening to if, you? If for some reason I was blowing a man, I would not if you want were it the, the, on my face the, or my tits or my hair the, or anywhere near my body. Just go do it right. off on the carpet or whatever you need to do. If you were in that fabled limo in 1999 with right, Barack with Obama. Barack Obama. Uh-huh. Yeah. And my crack high. Uh, let's see here. The majority seem to want the man to finish in their mouth, but are split between those who swallow and those who spit split. I don't know if he did like a mathematical study here, but yeah, that's, well, it's split between spitters and swallowers. That's surprising to me too. Yeah. The spitting thing is more swallowers. The spitting spitting thing is complicated. I've been with a spitter and you know, she has to like run off to the bathroom or whatever. Well, it's the same as uh, after PIV, right? Although it, maybe she nice. does it more quickly. Yeah, but now she's got to like keep her mouth closed and breathe through her nose and stuff. It's sort of like swimming, is it? Not really. I I feel like there's something that I have happen occasionally that where I have to do that. Maybe it's you not have swimming. To hold your breath for a moment. Is it? I have to think about blowjobs. No, no, yeah, but something. Okay. I've had the situation where you have something in your mouth and you have to like go into an. Is it? Brushing your teeth? I don't know. This I, I can vibe with this situation. Maybe brushing my teeth. So there's something where I, I have that in, in experience and like sometimes it can be difficult to not like because your mouth starts producing saliva when there's something in there and it's like, oh crap, I've got to like, what am I thinking of? Anyway. 
Okay, well, you can... keep giving blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a repressed memory here, Mike. Yes. Uh, okay, the last point is most in long-term relationships know the signs of penis, balls, thrusts, etc. and didn't need any additional warnings. Yeah, I'm sure that couples that have been together for a while they have some sort of get in phase with each other and understand when the, uh, when the nut's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. Can I say one more thing about the first time blowjobs? I mean, you don't have time to collectively bar. Wait, I've learned. I'm not supposed to use that to debate or to, 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 yeah, to agree. You don't have time to compromise bargain where you want, yeah, bargain, uh, with the person before, because how do you even know if you're supposed to finish on that blowjob? Like maybe they want to have PIV after, like you don't know any of that stuff. We've talked about that. I mean, the, the, yeah, for a woman, if you don't, if you have some rules around a blow, Uh that must be complicated when you first get with a guy. Um, yeah. If you're not a swallower, basically you're like, okay, now I have to, well, I mean, I think the standard, look, here's, okay, here's what I think. We didn't we didn't mention this one, but I, I think this is actually right. I'm going to go with the standard for an early encounter is the guy sitting on the bed or lying. Yeah. Somehow reclined on the bed. Yeah. She's over him blowing him and then she just jerks him off onto his own stomach when he comes. Mm-hmm. That's That I bet is a pretty common kind of way I to wish, be a spitter. I think I quitter. would be more into blowjobs if there wasn't this sort of like ambiguous whether I'm supposed to come or not. Or like if a woman said like, okay. I am a swallower. I just want you to let me know. And I definitely want you to come in my mouth as opposed to her pussy Why or whatever. Why you try telling a woman that? Like, so you, you say you don't like, you, your current pattern is something like, I don't like blowjobs. Maybe instead you should say, look, I don't like the uncertainty because I feel like this is a reasonable thing to say. During sex, the guy's supposed to kind of be driving the bus. And you're yeah. like, I, I want to know where am I driving to during the blow? And so like, if we can just have like a conversation for like a minute about what is supposed to happen, then I, then I would like it more. I think, you know, huh. that would be reasonable. Maybe I should do that. Do you think that would be mood compromising? No, probably, because I think that, probably no more than me saying, I don't like blowjobs. Exactly. And this, I think this comes up often because women <clears throat> are curious why you seem to shy away from that or whatever. Yeah. So you could bring up, I don't actually think that's your concern about it though. It's this thing of, you don't believe they could, possibly want that load of semen in their mouth. I mean, I do also yeah, have that issue. Or your your throbbing man meat right between their lips. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I mean look, they you know they it makes sense to me that they enjoy that. The nut to is me. A I just harder. can't imagine. I mean I I, we've been through this a million times. If people care, they can listen to like 80 of our yeah. episodes. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, please give us feedback. You can do so at ymmvpod at gmail.com. If you give us feedback, it doesn't matter how bad the feedback is. Actually, negative feedback's better than good feedback because we can do something about it. Uh, but any amount of feedback we pay $10 for. So we'll Venmo you or PayPal or Cash App. Um, and you can also ask us questions there. If you don't want us to use them on the air, just let us know and we won't. Uh, again, that's ymmvpod at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week on Your Mileage May Vary.
je me retiens. Non. 